You are now tuning in to Lex and RDDC Broadcast Station, serving up on the double doses for us all. Welcome back to the Real Double Dose channel. This is your host, Lex, coming to you straight from the heart. For all you who are live demand, you know how it goes right now with the Colombian coffee. Straight from the heart where the talk is real and the vibe is always live. Thank you for tuning in, all you live on demands, your numerous platforms I'll just say at this point 17 plus because here serving a slice of everyday life is what RDC is all about for any show requests feedback or anything under the sun as always like we say you can reach us at real double dose channel at yandex.com that's y-a-n-d-e-x.com and as well as real double dose channel as well as the real double dose channel.com for all your apparel and so much more you've been requesting and your vacation and travel giveaways as well as your free gift cards and thank you for all giving those so thousands and thousands of you are tuning in and we appreciate you but for those we see from all over the world literally from germany to poland to nigeria to canada to california florida all over the map uh we just thank you from tune in stitcher radio spreaker.com spotify as well as itunes iheart soundcloud deezer google cast you know it this is what it is so without further ado we have our wonderful guest expert and i'm just happy to have him on here and his go-to team as well but this is uh, a collaborative whole and we have Mr. James Purpura and I say that with a little bit more Colombian dialect but Purpura <laughs> so he's on here with us today and gracing us with his presence and, and his book is Perception Seeing is Not About Believing and it's a synopsis uh, the journey of transformation uh, nothing short of extraordinary definitely and I was reading that and it was getting me to the point where I was on the edge of my seat and I just told my mom and like 10 other people between yesterday and today that is something I have to really dive deep into and it's a beautiful, beautiful ensemble. So before, um, and this is James and Steph I'm speaking about here. She'll, she might come on with us later uh, down the line, but right now I'm going to speak as a team into existence. But before they met 15 years ago, both James and Steph Purpura's lives had hit rock bottom. Um, and each of them were financially, emotionally, and spiritually bankrupt. At the lowest point in their lives, um, they met and shared a vision of creating a life beyond their wildest dreams very hopeful, and they helped each other to personally evolve, clearing away barriers to self-fulfillment, using the power of perception to change self-limiting beliefs, which we all need, uh, enabling them to better sense and take advantage of opportunities like having the world unfold in front of them. So this is from James at Powerful You, and that's hyphen you.com. How are you doing, James? I am fantastic, and I just want to say that you have wonderful energy really and i'm just glad to be i'm just glad to be swimming in it right now but your, your energy is uplifting and it's incredible oh thank you i thought i was a little too over the top.com you know it's funny when a part of the colombian drinks colombian coffee like i just <laughs> just <laughs> I'm absolutely saying. and i you know i love the way you say our name i'm just gonna have you announce announce us on every stage we go on. Perpura. You, James right. and Steph Perpura, everybody. Welcome. Right. I would be, look, that's I will add, gladly go over there and take several seats just to do that because I was, yeah, I was gravitating towards the energy. You actually mentored me um, being able to read just even the intro part. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. It was kind of like airbender. It threw me and I'm like, what is it? Wait, wait, wait. Let me rewind. I'm like, oh man. I'm like, what happens next? And for the fact that it's a real life story, that makes it 10 times more. And coming from the person itself. I mean, we like our movies and we like different stuff too, but hearing the person go through it and writing it, that inspired me. And I'm like, I was chomping at the bit. I actually couldn't sleep till about four in the morning. So I was like, man, I need to get him. I'm like, he better come. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, 
no, I'd be here for sure. You know, it's interesting because um, somebody had walked in my office and mentioned, you know, you know, you could start off with this. And, and I'm like, well, I'm going to do that. And I'm only going to give you credit once. So it's my idea from now on. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things we have to understand, Lux, is we're fighting a battle for attention, right? Yeah. And so we have a book and a movie of the same title. And, you know, it's we punch you right in the face when it starts, right? Yeah. Both of them. And the point is, is because we want to draw you into the story as quickly as possible. Um, we want to get your interest up. So we start in the middle, we go back to the beginning, and then we end, well, at the ending, of course. But, you know, that's the idea is to go, okay, well, you know, these two people are in this very precarious, bad spot in the world, right? Uh -huh. And things don't look good. And then we go back to the story about how they got there. And so, and then how the, you know, how the story ends up at the end. And it, you know, what we discovered when we filmed the content for the movie, uh -huh. we actually showed that content at an event. And what the way we write our book and we wrote our, we filmed our movie is, is it's really story based. It reads like a novel. Yeah. Um, and it's very simple language. We want, we don't want anybody to get lost in the words. And the whole idea is, is that, you know, when you tell a story and you tell it from the heart, it opens up people's minds to hear the content that's associated with it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think the sensitivity level is a lot more open too now. Um, and I've noticed a whole lot more, especially since I know our little infamous friend, COVID-19, I get it. But at the same time, like people are paying attention a lot more. They're starting to have their feelings resonate. Like for me, I felt like I had this energy burst of like, uh, quieting the mind because that's the problem i have too where i'm like okay um between being able to have the opportunity to work with like right now about several plus maybe almost 10 different uh federal and state prisons and being able to uh get inside the walls inside the cells with the brothers and sisters of the world uh from the rainbow and being able to get inside their minds this right here is definitely something i've been trying to put a like a goodie package together for wardens and different ones to be like hey this is what needs to be rehabilitation not just cells and holes and and hey let's reprimand you but something to where we can stop or people who are fearful of those can start making sure people heal themselves from the inside out because when i read that the the playing the end game uh the no way out just from that alone i was like oh what's up with this like this is a life thriller like stop <laughs> right now I wanted to jump over there and call you and Steph like in the middle of the night and be like, hey, I know I have to say hello, but like, tell me more. Tell me more. I'm very hungry for wisdom, knowledge and people's experience. To me, it's like, I don't know. That's like the spiritual candy of the earth um, to be able to go through that. So definitely, I mean, for you and Steph to come together um, and be able to have that, I mean, from that whole rollout, that's that's epic. Wow. Well, and it's tough. So just to kind of give the viewers context or the listeners context. Um, so the book starts off with uh, the story of me being slammed into solitary confinement cell and Steph hanging herself, um, just to kind of tell you how, how hard hitting it is. Epic. So, yes, epic. And it's, it's absolutely a true story. And it takes through the narratives of our childhood traumas and then, you know, our, you know, over the last few years, how we've been able to kind of overcome that and create a beautiful life for ourselves. And, you know, we give all the tips and tricks and ideas and concepts for people to do that. So 
I love the fact that you said you're working in prisons. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie yet, but you should watch it. I believe our movie should be shown in every prison, every drug rehab, yes. every high school in the country. Yes. Right? Because, yes. because, you know, unlike most, you know, personal development books or self-help books, this really isn't a self-help book or a personal development book. It's kind of an instruction guide on living. You know, yeah. I think that a lot of people think that there's, that life's a mystery. They don't really understand it. They're very confused by their experiences. But what we break down in the book is given everything you've been through, your life makes perfect sense. You know, if you and I are of equal intelligence and we were to trade spots, your life would look exactly like mine and my life would look exactly like yours, you know, with except for a few, you know, different, you know, biological or physiological changes. But, but the, but the truth is, is that life is not a mystery that everybody thinks that it is. There are a couple principles that dictate everything that you do, everything that you are, everything that you experience, everything you feel. And understanding those principles can change everything for you. And those principles are perception and emotions. And so we take a deep dive into what these principles mean. I mean, I think everybody fundamentally understands these two concepts, but they don't really understand how they work. And if you don't really understand how they work, you don't really understand how life works. No. And that's it, period. And once you become a master of those things, you can master your life and your experiences, and you can build, have, or do, or experience anything that you want. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I love, too, um, about when you guys had that. I know Angela, um, well, everybody knows Angela for all intents and purposes. Real Double Dose Channels uh, emailed, you know, blog lady. <laughs> Whoever she does, we love her. Uh, she does her thing. But at the same time, like with the, the question, she was like, I really love that. Why do we sometimes, you know, not see ourselves as others see us? And that's what it is. Like, I remember from the beginning, because my mom, even though she retired from the federal and the other government after like 50 something years of working, she still dedicated 20 plus years to going to the federal prisons. And if COVID wasn't happening, she'd still be doing that too. But we do it from a different point with uh, some of the chaplains. And I was supposed to actually be a chaplain. Um, the whole thing with that, because people ask us, what are you doing, Real Double Dose Channel? This, I'm like, well, if it's not, um, you know, mentoring or free mentoring, if it's not reaching out to those and having those reach out to us, if it's not going out there on the mission, it's about seven different things collaboratively, but it all comes back to one. So one equals one million to us. But that's the whole thing I see a lot of um, between when we got a chance to come in there and start having people say, well, there's no help for this person or this person. They're just constantly on a rampage. They got 20 years ahead of them. I got two COs with a broken nose and all this stuff. And, and it's almost like when I got the feedback from one of them, a gentleman who's locked up since he was 14, he's going to be 32 um, soon. And for the last several years, he goes, you know, before you came, I wasn't human. I wasn't anything. I didn't know how to identify with anything that I am. And a lot of them said, thank you for letting me feel human. And then all of a sudden it gets to the point where they start becoming afraid of themselves once their mind starts opening up to the reality of them having more control over it. So I'm glad that this came because I'm like, if they saw that, first of all, they can, they can relate to it because you and Steph, you put all that into where they're coming from a background, most likely from things that are happening of that nature, uh, from that. And people will say, well, I had this and I had that, but for them to see the raw uncut, like, boom, that's really, grabbing grab a hold of you kind of like there like i told people i can relate to someone saying i bought a ramen noodle and i made a cake inside my cell this morning then i can someone saying let's go to starbucks lex and have a coffee 
that's just where my, my my life has been. It's actually right. it's actually pretty enlightening. But I'm saying like you guys, I have to I have to give you Superman and superhero status because it takes a voice and it takes someone to literally take all those things that's happened with them, all the things that they they've been through, and put that in a way and take the time and energy and not give up to put it out there for now. Even more seeds to be planted to those who really need that water to be nurtured. I'm just saying. Just saying. Right. No, and I appreciate that, but I'm going to reject your Superman superhero status. What? And let me <laughs> and let me tell you why. Because if if I in any way think that I'm on some type of pedestal, and I know that's not what your intention was, but yeah, the thanks, whole James. theme of our book is that anybody can do it. Right. Yeah. And so the question is how, right? And I, because one of the biggest issues I have with the whole personal development space is like, you need to be like me. Well, no, no, you need to be like you. Yeah. Right. You have gifts, you have talents. The world needs you. Like, just like you, there's people you can reach that I can't reach and vice versa. And we all need to, you know, sound our voice. And here's what my main message for people is, is that, you know, it's that there's nothing wrong with you. Right. It's that people think, that the problem is them. And so I give this narrative sometimes, and here's the narrative, and it's in the book. You might be familiar with it, but it is, you've never made a bad decision. So tell mm. somebody in the prison cell that they've never made a bad decision. They'll go, no, 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 no. I've made a lot of bad decisions. Oh, yeah. I tell people that all the time. And they're like, no, James, you don't understand. I've made a lot of bad decisions. And they're like, so have you. You were in jail. And I'm like, no, not only have you never made a bad decision, you're not even capable of making a bad decision. And they're mm. like, what? Wait, stop. What are you saying? And I'm saying, You've only ever made decisions with bad information. Ah, well, what's the difference? Yeah. Right? What's the difference? The difference is, is there's nothing wrong with you. We all make decisions the same way. Well, how is that? We collect all the available information, right? And we make the best decision we can with the information that's available to us. A bad decision, Lex, would be starting off the decision-making process saying, all right, now I'm going to make a decision I know is against my best interest. Right? So people say to me, well, you were a drug addict, right? Was that a bad decision? I'm like, not if the other option was killing myself. Yeah. Right. Very so, true. Very true. Right. And so if you look at, you know, every, every, every bit of fear or every strike, what you were saying about that gentleman in the prison was that every conflict is a cry for help, right? Somebody yeah. just wants to be heard. Somebody just wants to be, you know, listened to. But here's the deal with the decisions. And this is where it comes down to is life comes down to information. Success comes down to information. Good information leads to good decisions, leads to good outcomes. Bad information leads to bad decisions, leads to bad outcomes. And so the first step is to realize there's nothing wrong with you. The only problem is the information you're accessing to make your decisions, right? Where yeah. did you get that information from? Where, what is the source of your information? It's your perception and your emotions, right? And that's yeah. what our book is about. It's not about, hey, follow me, because, you know, what Steph and I say is, as soon as somebody says, follow me, I have all the answers, run the other direction. I think we all know how that's playing out nationally right now, right? Yeah, you exactly. know, right? So the answer is not outside of you. What we're doing in this book is we're saying everything that you need to do to change, everything that you need to do to grow, everything you need to be more is already inside of you. We're going to give you a tour of what's going on so that you can adapt and change and embrace all the power that's already there inside of you, right? And and that's what we're doing here. And so I want everybody to know, you know, if you if you look at my life and, you know, it took me nine years for my 
time I got out of that jail cell to make my first million dollars. And Ooh, you think, go you know, James. right? You know, and you look at my life and go, oh, you know, he has what I have. If I have what you have, uh, don't have, and you're like, it's not because I'm better than you. It's because I have better information by which to make my decisions, plain and simple. Well, what's the source of our information, our perception? What's the source? You know, where does our mind get the source of information for our perception? It's our past experiences. And so I've got an entire narrative about how that shifted in in my jail cell. But I want to give you a second to add any thoughts there. Well, yeah, but at the same time, um, oh, thank you. And, and I just want to put out there for all the people who are alive. Oh, James, he really meant he rejects it for now, but deep down inside, he absorbed the superhero status. But I just want to say, I'm throwing, <laughs> throwing that. And he knows, well, you know where I came from with it. But at oh, the no, same no, time. I know that was in love. And I yeah. accept, I accept uh, with a lot of gratitude. I say thank you for honoring the journey I took because I know that's what you were doing. Well, I at the same time that, though, you, you're helping very clear people. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, and you're, you're helping everybody else be who they are, explore who they are and emerge who they are to be that superhero, superwoman status as well uh, to where they are. And everybody can be on that same level in their own version of who they are. But as you were saying too, you said the knowledge or the information uh, you you basically were getting, and I want to put this out there for everyone as well. And all the well, the, right now the next step, James. <laughs> besides the listeners we have now, we're about to have uh, prison internet radio, which is going to reach about three million people. So this is going to be epic, and I'm excited. But at the same time, I want to put people have to put action. One thing I get from a lot, um, and I do it, we do it to ourselves is hey. Um, yeah, that's someone else can do it, but it's different for me. Or my mom's still an alcoholic. I mean, this is just recent conversation. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm a horrible person and my three kids are going to hate me anyway, or whatever's going to happen. And I just tell them, even though you, you hear the voice calling, you see what needs to be done. Once you go through all the, you know, basically getting all the rut out of the way, you have to make a conscious decision. Like James and Steph made a conscious decision to move with that information once it was accessible and obtainable. I just want to put that out there a little bit. Just with right, you. Absolutely. So look, to all the listeners out there, you have every reason in the world not to get out of bed every single day. There is enough, there's enough bad things. There's enough depression. There's enough, you know, there's enough bad things in the world to justify never getting out of bed and being completely depressed all the time. Very true. But there's, but there's also enough beauty, right? And so the answer is, is life fair? And I'm going to break it down for you very simply. No, it's not fair. No. Period. Absolutely. It's not fair. It's not fair. I mean, I've got a learning disability. Is that fair? No, it's not fair, right? If you're an African-American, it's not fair. No. If you're a woman, it's not fair. Nope. If you're, you know, if you're in the LGBT community, it's not fair. If you're in prison, it's not fair. No, life is not fair. So, you know, you have you have that. But the question is, is believing that life is not fair serve you? Yeah. And the answer is no, it doesn't serve you. As a matter of fact, that belief is what's keeping you down. If you choose to focus on the negative aspects of life, there is more than enough stuff to keep you down for the rest of your life. But there's also enough beauty. There's enough love. There's enough connection. There's enough understanding. You know, there's enough things to be grateful for that you don't ever have to be depressed again either. And so, the question really comes down to his focus. So let me tell you a story. So I'm sitting in my jail cell, and I used to write these long lists of people who I felt like had harmed me. And one day, I, and I was going to offer them forgiveness in my prayers and meditations, right? 
one day I looked down at that list and I thought to myself, you know, the only common denominator between all these situations is me. What if I'm somehow the cause of that? And so I'd never really considered before that point whether I was the creator of my existence, right? I never really considered it. I just thought life was happening to me. And so I really put a lot of thought into what that meant. You know, could I have created my experiences? And then I thought about what it meant if it, if I didn't. Well, here's the truth. Bad things that happened to me. You know, bad things happen to good people all the time. And so if I wasn't the creator of my experience, then that meant the world really was a terrible place. And I probably didn't want to play anymore because mm-hmm. a lot of bad things had happened to me. But if I was, right, what did that mean? It meant that if I could figure out how I created my experience, then I could create something new and magical in its place. And But it meant that everything on that page I was looking at, I had to take responsibility for. I had to say it was my fault, yeah. right? And I was like, well, I don't want to, I wasn't much into killing myself, so I decided, well, I'm going to decide I created all this. So I owned responsibility for all the things. And that's kind of the first step is taking ownership of your life. Yeah. You know, people, I say that, people are like, you're victim shaming yourself. And I'm like, no, because I never, ever take responsibility for the other person's part, right? Uh-huh. I don't take a, ever take responsibility for the abuser's part. That's their deal, not mine. And so this next question I had to ask myself was, did my abuse define me, right? Did the abuse that I had in my childhood define who I was and my experiences? Is that what created my experience? And then I thought to myself, well, it did. I'm stuck forever because I can't go back and change the abuse. Yeah. Right? I'm stuck. And so I thought, well, has everybody that's ever been abused allowed it to ruin them? And the answer was no. And then I was like, well, the abuse couldn't have defined me. And then I'm like, what defined me? And here's what I got to. It had to have been what I chose to believe about myself having lived through that abuse. So I had a kindergarten situation where my kindergarten teacher told me I was stupid every day, told me I was dumb, made the whole class call me that. And so through that experience, I had a choice. I had a choice what to believe about myself. It was my choice to believe that I was stupid. It was my choice to believe that I was not good enough. It was my choice to believe that I would never amount to anything. And that belief created my experience, right? And that's what I own, what I chose to believe about myself, because it's your beliefs that fuel your perceptions. It's your perceptions that create your experiences. And so when I tell that story, a lot of times people will go, James, don't do that to yourself. You are only five. And I'm like, <laughs> stop trying to take my power away. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. Wait, wait. Yes. I'm like, it was my choice. Yes, I made the most logical decision a five-year-old probably could make at that point in time. But being that it was my choice, that means I can choose again, right? Uh-huh. I can change what I think to believe about myself. That is so true. You know what? The belief system is so powerful. And, and I think, and, and a lot of people struggle too. Um, and I'm going to say this because, just in case the, the multi thousands we've been seeing, <laughs> we didn't know this until we got all the reports from all the places contacting us about how many thousands and thousands per, per download per platforms were happening. And I just thought it was a fluke, but I realized, like I said, life ain't happening to us. And that's a whole lot of things that have to come with the see mine. And I take from that, from piggybacking off of what you just said, James, is the fact that when the different abuses came in our life, like my sister is a couple of years older than I, I was, um, I decided to do something different with mine and paint my vision differently. Whereas even though she started doing nursing for a couple of decades and did different stuff, 
uh, ultimately she decided to choose, you know, my birthday to take her life on. And for me, I decided to move on with life. And I, I thought about that and I'm like, why would she kill herself on my birthday in 2018? Like, why would she do that? And then I thought we had similar grounds, but hers was she was letting life and kind of seeing it through that perspective and God rest her soul. Uh, life happened to her. She kept saying, I don't know what's going on. It was spiraling out with just toxicity on every level, plus an 18-year marriage that was completely chaotic uh, that I was a part of back and forth trying to be the referee. But at the same time, I'm like, what happened to my life being little sister from that? I mean, no, don't, don't get me wrong. There's things that creep up in my mind that I have to just literally put the fire out on um, all the time. And I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm creating what I need to do from that. I don't look at it more from a victim standpoint to say, man, well, this person abused me and this happened to me and this happened to me. And I'm like, even though it did happen to me, it happened for me because at the same time I couldn't go back. And even if I could, there's probably things we would all alter, but I know it brought me to the point of where I am now within my mentality, spirituality, emotional. And I'm like, if any twist and turn would have happened, would I be here to my greatest moment of the epiphany of knowing who I am and what I am? That's one thing I do love about what you're saying. I do love that. Absolutely. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think about the perception of people too. I'm like, man, I wonder is someone looking at me right now wondering why did she wear that pink shirt today? And then I'm like, who cares? I don't care. I just don't care right now. But you know what I mean. Right. Yeah, no, you know. No, I do know what you mean. So let's, uh, you said a lot there. First of all, I want to say sorry about your sister because I know oh, the pain you. associated with that. My best friend um, killed himself about three years ago. Ooh, and, wow. I'm sorry, you know, As it relates to your sisters, you know, I've got a little bit more poignant story. So I, in January of 2019, my wife and I, you know, we developed this technique called the emotional integration technique, and we decided that we'd wake up every morning super early in 2019, and we would do this work, and we would we would meditate for a couple of hours every morning together to try to take everything to the next level, create a deeper connection and foundation for happiness. And we did that for most of 2019, and then November of 2019, my wife's uh, best friend and older brother killed himself. Oh no. Oh, and so I want you to know that I understand it. And unfortunately, you know, we're not the only ones out there reeling in pain right now. You know, you and I are talking about these two stories. Yeah. Because, you know, it's happening so frequently. There's, there's a, it's just a massive, uh, there's a suicide mental health crisis on our hands. And that's a big part of the challenges that we're trying to help solve with Powerful You and with this book is, you know, to get this book in people's hands so that they can do it. And it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's a tough thing, you know, and what did you say? You know, what, what you said next was, you know, I, I questioned myself. I wonder what other people are thinking about me. And, you know, the first thing I want to say before I go into that is, listen, you know, to the size of your platform, there are people right now listening to the sound of our voices that is considering suicide right this second. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I want to say to anybody who's considering it that there's hope, that we need you, that we need your gifts. You know, there's people that, that me and Lex can't reach that you can reach. Uh -huh. And, you know, we all have the same inherent value. We're not more valuable than you. Some of us just recognize that value more. Some of us recognize that superhero status yes. that we all have. Yes. Right? And so what I would say to you is go to our website and watch the movie, right? Watch it and, and because there is there is a different way to look at life. You can create all the things you want. If it's money you want, if it's a relationship you want, it doesn't really matter. You can have it all. 
right? You don't have to pick and choose. And so we'll give you the information you need to create that a sense of happiness and well-being and love inside of you where, you know, your family members don't have to feel what Lex and I are feeling currently thinking, reflecting on the current suicides, you know, that have happened in our lives because, you know, we need you. We need you. I mean, yes, this is an all-out battle, right? We need all the good people. We need and it. So we need you, and we need your gifts, and we need your talents. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, so many people don't recognize. They get so worked up about worrying about what other people think. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, I'm going to set you free of that right now, right? And yeah. I, because I'm going to tell you what other people are thinking. And they're just not thinking about you. <laughs> they're yeah. thinking about what you <laughs> think of them. Right. They're worried about whether you're judging their shirt, not whether they're not judging your shirt. Yeah. Right. And of course, people have very short term judgments, but that's very fleeting. Most people are walking around obsessively worried about what other people think of them. Right. That's what everybody's doing. And so the answer is, you know, they're not thinking about you. No. Right. You should be thinking about you, not thinking about what they're thinking about you. That's and so true. the question is, is. What should you be thinking about? And that's, that's what our book's about. It's about the idea of, you know, it's who are you? You know, if I asked most people who they were, they'd go, uh, I don't know. You know, there's that thing. It's like I'm the sum total of my experiences, but that's actually not true uh. because your beliefs create your experiences. So your beliefs, your experiences are the sum total of your beliefs. You are what you believe yourself to be, period. Yeah. Now the question is, what do you believe yourself to be? Right. And it's like, well, I don't feel like I'm good enough. Well, who gave you that opinion? Uh Right. Whose opinion is that? Is that somebody you didn't like from your childhood? Is that whose opinion gets to decide who you are? Right. Well, I'm not good enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not anything. It's like everybody's walking around with this complex of I'm not good enough. Look, I'm just going to, you know, I think they feel like there's going to be some court at some point in time in our life. They're going to be like, you, Lex are not good enough to <laughs> slam the hammer down. But that court's never coming. So let me let everybody off the hook. You are good enough because you are you and you are what we need. Stop trying to be like everybody else, right? Yeah. We need you. We need your gifts. It's funny because I watch people all the time and I have gifts, right? I have talents. You know, my, my gift is, you know, I have really good logic and I'm a really good problem solver. And if I'm passionate, I can be persuasive. Right. But yeah. I see other people's gifts. I'm like, Oh, those are some cool gifts. Right. Yeah. But those, those gifts have no more or less inherent values than my gifts. They're just different. And thank goodness they're different because we need all the gifts. Yeah. Right. That's true. We need your gifts. And so, you know, it's funny. And here's one of the things that people fail to realize is there's a huge difference between successful people and people who aren't as successful. Successful people focus on their strengths, their gifts, right? Yeah. And people that aren't as successful actually focus on their weaknesses because they think they're vulnerable because they can't, they can't do certain things, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, it's funny because when I got out of jail, I went to like vocational rehab, went down and they gave me a voucher for community college. So I go to the community college and I take the entrance exam and I get out and I'm, I'm done. And the lady calls me in the back. She goes, sir, you can't go to school here. I said, why not? She goes, you didn't score high enough on any of these tests to single, to pass a single class here. I didn't, my, the highest level was fifth grade on any of the tests. Uh-huh. And, and so, so what's the story? It's like, 
did I, that could have been all the information I need. Well, I'm just not smart enough. Sorry, I'm not going to be successful. And so what did I do? Did I go to the, you know, library and read all the books and have this great triumph? How I, uh, how I like graduated top of community college? No. Yeah. I said, well, I'm not good at school. I've never been good at school. I'm not good at writing. I can't spell. I'm dyslexic, right? I'm not good at math. I'm not good at any of those things. Does that mean I can't be successful? Well, no, it doesn't mean that. What does it mean? It means I'm not good at going to community college. Exactly, exactly. Right? What am I good at? I'm good at solving problems, right? And if I am passionate about something, I can be persuasive. And so I was like, well, I'll go into sales. They don't give a shit if I can read or write or <laughs> spell, right? They yeah. just want to know if I can sell. Exactly. And sure enough, I could sell. And so today, as I speak to you today, you know, I'm a little better at some things, but nothing has even gotten into junior high school level. So, you know, and I, you know, I have everything a person could dream of, millions of dollars, beautiful houses, all those things. But I didn't have to go to college to do that. No. So... If you're sitting there thinking to yourself, well, I don't have what it takes, then you are choosing to believe somebody else's definition of who you are. What are you good at? Right? What are you passionate about? What are your gifts? Right? And, you know, those are the things that you can explore to create anything that you want. Right? It's just like, I got great logic. My wife has great intuition. I wish I had great intuition and she wishes she has great logic. Right? It's like, <laughs> I agree no. with you on that, Steph. I want some too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, no, no, you both, we have different gifts for a very different reason. Cause when we use those gifts together, we create beautiful things. That is true. Right. You know what? And it, it, it definitely inspired me to even have more, uh, cognitive deep depth perception on that and as you were saying too from the people out there uh, who are on the live um, those who go on on demand whatever your platform will have for you and those who will be downloading this which we see 30 40 sometimes 50,000 downloads go on I don't know where it is but from the emails of the 7,000 plus emails that have came over the past nine months I believe uh, Angela said different ones coming um, people will say, man, I went into, and well, actually one of my good friends now, he's a cardiologist down at the Mayo Clinic. Um, and he went over there, he works in cardiology and he said, I downloaded your episode before I had to go to work. And I'm like, wow. So you had to be an anesthesiologist. <laughs> then another person had to do heart surgery that morning. So that made me change. And it, it made me look at it different because the initial start of this was one equals one million. If one person gets something from this is going to have a ripple effect into one million. That's the whole purpose of it. And then as we saw a couple of years down the line, it exploded into planting the seeds of goodness. I mean, that's what it is. So at this point right now, when I hear people say, hey, you know, I just left a bad situation, but thankfully I got a chance to hear one of the guests or hear your episode, different things happening, or I felt like I was going to take my life and jump off. I mean, literally jump off or drive off sides of bridges. I mean, we've heard some some really deep and those who who have shared thank you so much uh to things that have reversed them so i'm glad that james definitely pointed that out even more there's always a solution and i wanted to i didn't know if my sister didn't listen to me all the way because she just thought i was that optimistic wonderful little cheerful sister of hers but i think man i wish i could just go back in time and tell her how wonderful of a person she is but at the same time um i will say that 
you know, we're here by design. And that's what James was saying too. We're here by our own design. And if every Picasso, every masterpiece we saw, if every sandwich, I mean, you look in the stores for goodness sakes, you see 17 different brands of pickles. Okay. You, you see all kinds and you're wondering why is there so many different kinds of the same thing, but they all have something different. Even if it's the slightest bit of salt or sweetness, uh, whether it be the bread it has a little bit different crust, there's always something that is uniquely here for what's going on with us. And like James was saying also, where his status is now, being able to be, you know, well off to having what he has designed because he's here by design and used his design for himself and the blueprint of him and his wife. Um, they have what they need to have because they simply invested into, you know, giving in to get out the investment of who they are, uh, being able to reap what you sow. And if we're sitting out there putting negative conflict, negative energy, negative words and everything else that we're planting, we really can't expect the soil to be too rich. I just wanted to say, I'm just saying, you had to school yourself and a lot of people and, and Ty Lopez, different ones, a lot more millionaires, and I'm just saying, a good percentage of them, especially, I love the marketing world, different ones that are out there, especially, you know, like uh, Grant Cardone, different ones who will sit there, and I'm not saying him, but a lot of people didn't even make it past eighth grade and are sitting there millionaires, and some people I know owe over $400,000 worth of school loans, and they still don't know how to get to a point of where they'll even get a chance to have a decent car to use uh, car salesman. So it's not about what route and where you're cut from the cloth of growing up to be someone special or having a silver spoon. I've heard that before. Oh, Lex, you got a silver spoon. You don't even know what happened to my cereal in the morning. You don't, you don't even know about that, that powdered milk. You don't know about that. Trying to get, you know, a, a dollar out of 15 cents. So don't judge a book from just one look. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, it's funny because now people are saying I came from money, and I'm like, <laughs> it's like we had like we didn't have electricity for months when I was a kid, right? I mean, literally. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness we lived in California, so the showers weren't too cold. <laughs> exactly. But, listen, I, here's what I want to. I'm going to challenge your listeners on something very easy before we wrap up, and it's this: you know, can you have the thing that you want most in the world sitting right in front of your face and just not see it? What do you think, Lex? Can you? Yes. Definitely. Okay. I tell people that all the time. Like, nope, I'd see it. And so I'm going to tell you a simple story. I want you to imagine a man. This man wants more than anything to be loved. He wants to be in a relationship. Except this man has abysmal self-esteem, just a really poor self-image of himself. One day, he walks into a store. He walks up to the counter. And the girl behind the counter starts flirting with him. My question for you, Lex, is does he recognize the girl who's flirting with him? Um, is that a trick question? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. Oh. He doesn't recognize she's flirting with him. That's where. Okay, I'll put that standpoint. Yeah. So most people say probably not. And if you answered no or probably not, you understand how perception works. But the question is, is well, what do you mean? You know, what's reality? Reality is the girl's flirting with him. He doesn't see it. Well, why doesn't he see it? Because I said he had low self-esteem. So, but here's the more alarming question. If this man can have the thing he wants most in the world sitting right in front of his face and just not see it, what if that's happening to you? And ah. that's the trick to understand that is happening to you every single day. This isn't just a cute story. And that's why our book is called Perception, Seeing is Not Believing. Because why doesn't he see it? Well, what does he see? Well, you know, because he doesn't believe that, you know, love is possible for him, his mind isn't looking for those opportunities. Right. And that's what mm -hmm. perception is, is you can only see what you believe to be possible. 
you know, if the guy believed that he was worthy of love, he would have recognized the girl flirting with him. Now he'd be in the relationship he so desired. Ah. And so everything works that way. Everything that you want, the opportunity to get everything you want is already right in front of you because you've set the intention to do it. Those opportunities are there. You just can't see them because you don't believe it's possible. So the first key to creating anything that you want in life is to foster the belief around the things that you want. I believe that I deserve it. I believe that I have it. And so how does perception, you know, well, this guy's got low self-esteem. Well, his self-esteem is preventing him from seeing that something's right in front of his face. Your beliefs dictate what you see and don't see. Our minds take in millions of bits of information a second. If you don't believe it's possible, your mind's not looking for it because, and it doesn't deliver, your unconscious mind doesn't deliver it to your conscious mind as information because, you know, just for the same reason you wouldn't go to the end of a rainbow, look for a pot of gold because you don't believe it's there. Your mind's not looking for opportunities you don't believe are possible. Very true. It just doesn't work that way. Very right? true. So you have, you have to be able to foster beliefs. And so the question is, well, you know, I ask people all the time, do you want self better esteem? And they're like, yeah, and I'm like, why? And they're like, because it would change everything. Well, your self-esteem is your opinion of yourself, so just change it. And yeah. they're like, wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And are like, you don't know what your own self-esteem is based in. It's more than likely based in the narrative of somebody who didn't like you in your childhood. Somebody wow. else decided how your life is going to turn out. And yeah. so when I ask people what they believe about themselves, like, where'd you pick up that opinion? And it's like, oh, I don't know. And that's the problem. You don't know. Uh-huh. Your mind is the database. It's like a Google search that your, your, your mind, your memories are a database that your mind searches to give your current life context. And so if you do say you don't believe that you're good enough, change the belief. Where'd the belief came from? My third grade teacher or some kid that sat next to me. Well, who the hell were they to decide how your life is going to turn out? Exactly. Period. And so, you know, that's what I would leave people with is our book is not about follow me. Right? It's not called James Purper International. It's called Powerful You. That's our company because it's all about you. We need you to pick up your strength. We need you to create something magical for yourself because when people look at you and they go, what's different about Lex? I want that. Right? Yeah. I want to be that. Not what does Lex have is who is she? Uh-huh. Right? And that's what people are gravitate towards. And when you heal, everybody you know heals with you. Wow. That was powerful. That was powerful in itself. I love that. Yes, you're your own walking brand, your own walking flavor, your own walking wonderful design. Man, I love that. The perception. Hashtag the perception with James Berbuda. Yes, I'm just saying that's the episode here of what's going on. So at the same time, all of you can find out more. We will, I mean, hopefully... Down the line, uh, when Steph is ready to come on here with us as well, we'll definitely have her wonderful ambiance on here. Because I could only imagine how both of you are together. Just, you know, like it's like peanut butter jelly time. You know, peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat. I'm just saying. <laughs> she's, she's all about the stories. I'm all about the content. And where it makes a perfect, she's just a light, my love, and everything I could ever want. But she seems like listen, that Listen, we're filming, we're watching for a very limited time. You can watch our movie for free on our website, which is powerful-letteru.com. Go there, watch the movie, you know, buy the book, 
you know, get the information you need to change your life. Look, Lex, I'm going to give you one more thing. If you guys pay for shipping, I'll ship you as many books as you want for free to give out to the prison trips that you guys really? take. You let me know oh. how many you need, and I will donate those books to you because oh, that is, I love oh the mission God. that you are on. Oh, my God. Wait. Don't stop. Don't make me cry. James, stop. Stop. No. I'm stop. serious. Oh, my God. I'm serious. You oh, guys that is so shipping, sweet. Get up to the warehouse. You want 1,000 books, I'll send you 1,000 books. You want 100 books, I'll send you 100 You know books. what? You Actually, I was thinking need, about that. I was thinking I about that 1,000 now. I'm just saying. For free. Oh my gosh. So. Oh, wait. Okay. Let me clear my eyes. Okay. I realize. Okay. All of you know I'm very deep down. Oh, James. Oh, James. That's so nice. That is beyond. Gra oh, that is so awesome. You are amazing. Thank you for doing that because we will take you up on that offer ASAP. I'm just saying, we just had about 17 different little 1700 letters come in. Um, of thanking, hey, thank you for this. We went to thrift books, different ones too that we sent out, but I try to think of different ones to send different ones and they really inhabit that. I go through a kind of a course level of, of kind of getting into their minds a little bit deeper. And then when I just hatch the egg, but this is what they need to sit on the egg once they actually know they can actually lay one. Oh. God. Okay. Okay. So everyone, thank you. Look, I know we're going to have people emailing. Thank you, James. Oh, you're so wonderful. Anybody who's not in prison can get our book for free for shipping on our website right now as well. We're trying to support people in this time of need. Yeah. Lex, it's been wonderful. Yeah, it is. All you can uh, go to www.powerful-u.com to check out more and James Steph Purpura's information and so much more. Thank you for that, James. We appreciate it and we love you. All those who are out there, just keep tuning in to the Real Double Dose channel. We'll have their bio and their blog uh, available on our blog at realdoubledosechannel.blogspot.com uh, for all the information and links below as well for all you have downloads and so much more. So remember to be the change, feel the passion, embrace the power of the spirit. You're amazing. Thank you, James, for being on here. And tell Steph we send our love and we'll take you up on love. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon.